Welcome to Bearded Clansmen of the Vale, where two bearded guys talk about Game of Thrones, the card game. Welcome back to Bearded Clansmen of the Vale, everybody. Uh, game of Thrones LCG podcast. Uh, I'm Kyle, son of Kyle. Shaggy Dom. Can you sh- can you add some freaking enthusiasm? I, I was trying to trying to do it, and then I got caught in my head because, yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah. No. Hi, I'm Kyle, son of Kyle. Can I I'm get for you? you. <laughs> but today we're here to talk about uh, the second half of the Barra box, the deluxe expansion that just came out called Fury of the Storm. Um, yeah. We're, yeah, we're talking about the non Baratheon cards. So if you've seen the other part, welcome back. If you haven't seen the other part, go watch it after this. I'm pretty sure, Kyle, everyone has the box except for me because I'm still waiting for the UPS, man. Yep. That's that miniature market, no free shipping unless you're over 50 bucks wait time. It's actually 99. Oh, geez. I'm, I haven't, I mean, miniature market for me was like cocaine, so I stopped going to it. Anyway, <laughs> we're not here to talk about yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Let's look at our first card, which is a three cost character with a military icon and three strength. Botley Crew is a non unique, non loyal house Botley Raider. And it says his reaction after an opponent collects income, return one gold from that player's gold pool to the treasury. I think that's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah, it's gonna go good. I think like I saw someone trying to run like a choke deck with it, in like Night's Watch. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that, or even um, the winner agenda. Yeah. You know, choke their gold and their cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can see it being really good with Night's Watch. You know. Is it good enough that. to just go in Greyjoy normally? Um. It's a raider. Yeah, I mean, it's a three for three. It's not bad. Does it get stealth with Captain Asha? Yeah. Hmm. No. No, that's Ironborn. Yeah, never mind. That's Ironborn, and it's unique Ironborn. Um, but there are Raider, Raider. There's a little. There's cards with Raider love, so yeah. that's not that's I not mean, what it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's good in any deck. I mean, because you're taking the gold away yeah. for doing nothing, just him on the board, and it's non-unique, so that means if you have more than one. You can trigger it more than once. Yeah, it can restand Golden Storm, and it can be used with nighttime raids, which is cool. I still like nighttime raid, giving uh, mm-hmm. giving characters stealth. So yeah, I'm gonna say th- I'm gonna say like a, like a th- like a four, three or four out of five, because like I don't know, I like it, but uh, I don't hate it. I think it's just I think it's just all right. I think it, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a four. Okay. Just because you're taking income, because I know there's been plenty of games I've been in where I'm like, damn it, I wish I had one more gold oh, to yeah. do this. That's a good point. And, yeah. and that card is going to mess it up. I'll go to four. I'll, I'll trust you. I'll trust the Shaggy Dom. <laughs> All right. Trust the Shag. <laughs> Our next card is a two-cost event. Uh, actually, so I'm going to mention this right now. All of the cards that we're about to look at are non-loyal, which is usually the case in most expansions where you have non-expansion set core cards. Like, they're usually non-loyal, so I'm not going to read that part anymore. Uh, it's a two-cost event. Every captain is a king as an action. Until the end of the phase, each captain character you control gains the king trait and does not kneel and declare it as an attacker in a power challenge. Hmm. Uh-huh. Hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, for two gold, though? For two gold, though? It's, I think it's pretty good. You're, you're getting multiple uses out of a, of a card her character like Asha yeah. second cost Asha um, you're getting the king trait so if you put in king of the north 
plot in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, mainly the thing I like about it is you don't kneel during power challenge, which power is what wins you games. That's true. I still just don't think it really fits anywhere right now because you don't have the room for it in most Greyjoy decks. Like, this is this is like... I guess this is like if you're rushing, this is kind of equivalent to a like a like a closer, you know, like where you play this and then you get like a bunch of challenges and a bunch of renown triggers or something, or you know, mm-hmm. and a yeah, interesting. I'm gonna well, say about it, if you, I say three if out of five. That's what I'm saying before you say that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna probably give it a four. Okay, because if you have Baratheon, Banner Greyjoy, and you do the captain thing. They have that uh, loyal location where you can do two power challenges. Oh yeah, that's right. So non kneeling, two power challenges, could be brutal. Yeah, that's true. Um, I just I kind of find it like weird. We in a weird spot. I'm actually gonna go two point five on it instead of three. I I don't really see mm-hmm. myself playing it, but I'm interested to see what people do with this because I have been wrong before. Yeah. Um, don't shut up. Um, <laughs> as a four-cost character, we have a Sir Gregor Cogain, who's got a military and a... Uh, a gosh, you've got me off kilter. A military and a power <laughs> icon with six strength. Cogain is unique, but non-loyal, like I said. Uh, he's a knight, and he's got House Cogain keyword or traits. He's got Intimidate and Pillage, and as a forced reaction after you win a challenge in which he is attacking... Or, sorry, he's participating, kill, choose and kill a character you control. And I know you initially said that you really didn't like this card. Yeah, but I was actually talking to some of the guys, and they turned me around on it um, with the being uh, the concept of um, you, if you banner it with, say, Martell, um, or with Greyjoy, with Drown God Fanatic, mm-hmm. or with Night's Watch, where you're taking other people's characters. I, the can't... Night's Watch one is the one I thought about, because I remember that game we played, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, mm-hmm. if this guy was on board, I would swing and then just kill my opponent's characters. That'd be great. Or even Greyjoy with the the seven cost Balon, you know you can take a card out of discard, or you can kill Drown God Fanatic, um, you know you can you know there's plenty of ways you can utilize him to where you're not killing your own characters, um, and plus he has Intimidate, which is awesome. Yeah, that's I've actually learned the value of Intimidate lately, and it's pretty sweet. Pillage is also good. Don't get me wrong, but. And he's a yeah. knight, which is pretty cool. So knights are good. Um, mm-hmm. I, this, I saw a deck with the new Renly in this guy because you can put him out for free with only raising new Renly's strength by one. Yeah. And that's pretty cool because, I mm-hmm. mean, there's just so many ways to do it. Renly is just freaking broken. Yeah, the new Renly is crazy. But So that was kind of interesting. I, I think this guy is a... I'm going to say 4 out of 5 because I really like that he's cheap and I like he's got keywords and you can play around his downside pretty easily. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 4 as well. Because he can kill himself too. Yes. Yes, he can. <laughs> he can fall on his sword. Would, but I don't yeah. know, because you'd want to. Because you have better other characters, but you needed to push a third challenge. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So... So, our next card is Lion Star, which is a two-cost location. It's a warship. As an action, you can kneel Lion Star to put a character 
a Lannister character with printed four costs or lower into play from your hand, and at the end of the phase, if that card is still in play, discard it from play. So just some more jumping lions nonsense in this, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, Aaron Hall. Yeah, you can throw Cogain out with it. For free. Sorry, my uh, card game DB thing is all whacked. That's unacceptable. Uh, I'm just—I yeah. mean, I think it's cool. I don't know—is jumping lions still a thing, or is that like a big? Tar- is that a big? L- I don't play enough Lannister oh, yeah. to know if this is good. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, jump! Oh my gosh, yeah, it's still a thing. And then especially with shadows and stuff, oh, it is still a thing. All right. So, well, what do you think? I, um, I'm gonna. I'm going to give it a five just because it's half the cost of Aaron Hall and you can still do the same interaction with like the Hound or or like um, other characters you mm-hmm. know if you need to push that challenge through so yeah. it's half the cost I'm going to give it a five alright I will give it a, uh, a four for now because I want to see I want to see it I want to see it in action I got to see it in action okay. All right, our we'll first come down the springs and you'll <laughs> see it. Oh no, no, thank you. I didn't mean in real life. Um, oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, the first Martel card we have is called the Prince's Attendant. It's a two-cost character with an intrigue icon. It's two power, or a two strength, sorry, and it's an ally. Mm-hmm. It's a marshaling action. Neil Prince's Attendant to reduce the cost of the next Martel Lord or Lady character you marshal this phase by two. Hmm. I like it. It's Econ, and plus you can get a challenge out of them. Yeah, and it's an Intrigue, which is different than the other uh, reducers, which is cool. Yeah. Because if you had the, you know, the... What's the dude... What's the reducer for Martel? Hey, Martel player, what's the reducer for Martel? <laughs> the reducer for Martel? Yeah. You mean the fiefdoms? No, no, there's a character. There's a, There's always a character and a location but anyway if you had that one you got their power challenge and this one gets you your intrigue so that's kind of nice because you get a decent spread mm-hmm. there um reducing the cost of alert lady marshals pretty cool i know a lot of martel mm-hmm. decks now though well not a lot but ones i've played recently haven't really run a lot of lord of ladies and they don't marshal them that's for sure but yeah that's true but if you think about it like if you have um uh Arian, mm-hmm and you nail him, get her out for three. You can bounce her, get a bar in for free, bounce it in again, mm-hmm. get another character. Yeah, it seems cool. For days. In a more traditional kind of Martel deck, I really like this card. Not like mm-hmm. the newer stuff that's just, yeah, no comment. Anyway, <clears throat> um, I think this guy's probably like a th- three and a half out of five. Uh, I'm going to give it a four because it gives you the option. Mm-hmm. So if you do have a Lord or Lady out or in your hand, you want to get them out, like the Viper or something, you uh, have that option to reduce. It's like a Great Hall. And that's just going to say it's more like a Noble Cause, right? Yeah, that or Great Hall mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Our second Martel card, which I think I'm is my favorite card right now, mm-hmm. just because I like the kind of theme of it, is a one-cost mm-hmm. location. It's called King's Grave, and it's unique. It's a house man, uh, man, Manwoody? Oh, that's not man right. Woody. <laughs> uh, man as a reaction, <laughs> you know, say that a few more times, they can get a sound bit of it on it. Manwoody. <laughs> as a reaction, as if you, after you lose a power challenge by five or more strength, 
kneel and sacrifice King's Grave. Choose a participating character and return it to its owner's hand. You may kill that character instead if it has the king trait. And so when we were reading through Every Captain is a King, I was like, ah, oh, you never play that if King's Grave is out. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting. But I, I think this card's pretty fun. It's a one-cost, like, potentially killer. Like, mm-hmm. I love this card against, like, Rob. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, if even if you're not killing a character, you're you're putting them back to hand. It's one of the cheaper um, bouncers, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing as Gaston Gray, really. Mm-hmm. But the only difference is you have to lose by five on a power. So that could be Potentially somewhat bad. challenging. Yeah. Could be somewhat challenging, because if they know, if they win by five or more strength, then, you know... This kind of feels like it might be a counter to like some of the five or more trigger decks, you know, like, mm-hmm. like not necessarily um, Sea of Blood, but just some of those triggers that you could do, like Superior Claim, you know, put to the sword, stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, I think yeah. I like it. I'm I I like the cost reduction. I like this the similar effects. Um, the sacrificing isn't bad. Um, it does. It might be hard to do, but I was thinking of maybe a deck where you buff your opponent's character so you can discard them, which would be funny. Um, yeah, but you could do that. Four or five for me. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a three, um, just because I, I haven't tried it. I also feel like Gas and Gray is a little bit better because it just works after you lose a challenge. Mm-hmm. Period. Um, but with this, this could be a better one in the long run because there are new, more kings coming out. Yeah. So this this could definitely be something uh I guess being on the can scare people. Yeah, on the other side of the table, I tend like if you're like with winter things like Winterfell and raiding long ships, you tend to push your characters up higher than 5. And so if you're just like, well, I'm going to lose anyway, no blocks and send it back to your hand, they really have to think about that even though it's on board. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like one of those situations where having it might be more effective than ever using it. Yeah, so. I mean, sometimes just even having the card on the board, mm-hmm. you know, can, you know, intimidate your opponent to doing something. Yep. Mm. All right, so uh, the, our next card is our first Night's Watch card. It's a five-cost character with a military and power icon with X strength. It's called Protectors of the Realm, and it's an army. And it says no attachments, and its X value is your reserve value. So mm-hmm. it's pretty straightforward. Uh, that is crazy because there's some pretty high reserve values in this game. <laughs> if you're playing, you know, even defensive knights or something, or defensive knights watcher, I I've been seeing a lot of like sixes and sevens, and so a five bicon for yeah. six that can't be like milked or, you know, yeah. warded or anything like that. That's a pretty solid card. Yeah, um, I definitely like it. Uh, yeah, like you said, there's been a lot of plot cards coming out with six, seven, even eight reserve um but then there's also cards that boost the reserve too i was thinking like about samuel yeah samuel tarley um you have the iron throne you have numerous uh, night's watch locations numerous Night's watch locations you have um you know counting coppers let's say yeah well yeah <laughs> 10 strength <laughs> and like it's an army too so like think about if you mm-hmm. like what if you like pulled this guy out with uh like Aegon Targaryen. Oh gosh, that'd be so fun, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. So I don't know. I re- I think from a thematic perspective, and that's how I'm gonna rate this card. I think this card is like like a four point five out of five. Like I love the cost. I love that 
it has such a cool and interesting like X value. And I love mm-hmm. that it plays into like potentially like a choke deck or something like that, where you're potentially lowering your opponent's reserve or lo- lowering reserve overall, but you're playing into that by, you know, like giving yourself extra reserve, which buffs this guy. Yeah, um, I'm gonna give it a four. Okay. Just because, um, you know, the strength fluctuates, but I mean, you definitely would have to figure out your plot deck. Oh yeah. Um, to an extent to to make this work kind of thing so I just always like seeing support for the uh, the like the choke decks even though I hate playing against them I think it's cool to have those archetypes supported sure yeah definitely our next card is a one cost event for Night's Watch that's called the horn that wakes the sleepers and it's a reaction and after your opponent initiates a challenge against you choose and stand a builder character a ranger character and a steward character this kind of goes back into what we were talking about uh, maybe a, a while ago there was a card that lets you tutor out one of each for like two gold. Basically pull out a builder, a ranger, and a steward. I think yeah. I like the idea of them trying to play into like keeping your Night's Watch deck even because you're always going to have at least one of each in your deck, right? Whether you're yeah, running like builders or like just a straight up like ranger deck you're, or like even the, the like steal your character's deck is mostly stewards. You still have mm-hmm. some builders and some rangers in there. And that's pretty cool to be able to stand everybody. Think about, like, this is just makes the old wall deck even better. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you knelt something or I had to defend for challenges. Now not only can I ready if you, like, did something crazy, I can actually challenge the board state. Yeah, exactly. And then when you got, like, the Castle Black location, mm-hmm. too, you can also resend another character. Um, in those decks, you want to go second, so um, it gives you opportunity to to restand and then you know take your turn instead of just passing mm-hmm. or and even with this card you could like go first and if you get this card saves you from going first like you go first have to defend and you, you or like maybe you do some attacks or something like that and then you play this card and stand a bunch of characters yeah definitely I think we got two pretty strong Night's Watch cards from this yeah I think we did as well. Um, I'm going to give this one a four and a half because I think standing three characters for one gold is pretty good and I think it's not super hard mm. to get those three kind of characters on the board. Yeah, I'm going to say a four as well. Because uh, even standing two for one gold is still good. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, even if standing one, <laughs> you know. That's true actually because Knights, like, I mean, Northern Armory does that. Mm-hmm. So, alright. So yeah, for one gold. Um, we also got some pretty cool start cards, I think, but we'll talk about these right now. So the mm-hmm. first start card is a three-cost military icon, three-strength character called She-Bear. It's a House Mormont card, which is pretty much all I need to say, because House Mormont's getting really, really strong and stark. Um, mm-hmm. As a reaction, after you marshal She-Bear, you may put a start character or attachment with printed cost three or lower into play from your hand. So, like, <laughs> Lady, uh, Frozen Solid... You could put Arya in. You could put Sansa's in. You could put Summer in. It's insane. You could put the uh, Bear Island Scout in there, and then pull out another. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. This is like Mm -hmm. this card is so good, and you can tutor it Mm -hmm. out with Bear Island Scout, which is even cooler. Oh Oh, yeah, it's so good. Because like, so think about it this way, right? Like, oh no, don't think about it that way. That won't work. Because I was like, if you have this card and you have Bear Island Scouts, you have like six kind of tutory cards, but that's not really how it works. Playing a, a card for three costs or lower, though, for free by playing a three cost card, 
is mm-hmm. is even better than getting to play like the eager deckhands in in Greyjoy yeah. when you play a warship. Well, you're getting six gold worth of yep. cards out for three, so yep. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a good card, and you can do yeah. an attachment too, which is nuts. Yeah, yeah, for free. Yeah, yeah, that's I like it. I, this um, one's like a f- I think this one's a five out of five for me. I mean, if you're talking about like rush, like you're doing Stark mm-hmm. Crossing, this is great to get another icon or two out there. If you're doing mm-hmm. just regular Stark Fealty, this saves you money for the big characters you want to play. Uh, I don't know. I just I really like mm-hmm. this double down kind of mechanic. Yeah, and it's also non-unique, so yep, you can play you can a bunch of them. Once. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, yeah, I'm gonna give it a five, just because it's non-unique. You can trigger it more than once if if they die. Um, but a lot of times when I'm playing Stark, I always see like Sansa or Arya mm-hmm. or that um, it was it Alessane Mormont. Yep. The new one. Is she three? Um, uh, yeah, she's a three. Um, so you got, you know, you can put those in for free or, you know, the attachment ice, frozen solid. Um, I've been trying to work with shaggy dog attachment to see how that works. Uh, okay. So that would be for free as well. Um, any direwolf attachment. I mean, there's so many different um different options with that card i i really like it yeah and it, like again the mormont thing is a lot of what makes stark run right now like in mm-hmm. terms of just being a really solid way to you know like get cards on board and have really powerful effects like alicine gets stealth and that uh mm-hmm. no sorry alicine's the one that grows but there's um what's the other mormont what's the one yeah oh it's okay. We're not good at this. You guys know that by now. Yeah. It's um, a three-cost one that doesn't kneel during military challenges. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the one we're and talking about. And gain stealth. And because you're always only ever going to have star cards, so it's like, you know, it's great. But there's so many, like, new attachments, too, that, like, work with this, like, I don't know, on- honor-bound, uh, favor of the old gods, and, like, blood of the first men. Mm-hmm. The, the Wolf King, like, almost every every single, no, 100% of Stark attachments work with this card. Yeah. Um, and then you're looking at, like, all the Arias, Bear Island Loyalists and Scout, uh, <laughs> Bolt and Flare. Bra- mm-hmm. oh, you can throw Bran in mid-challenge. You can throw Hodor in. Uh, you know, you, you, you just have so many options. Like, I'm looking at everything in Stark that's under three that's yeah. a character, and it's just insane. <laughs> you can even throw the yeah. attachment we're going to talk about next in, which we'll move to, which is called Bearskin yeah. Cloak. It's a one-cost attachment. It's an item. Uh, the attached character gets one strength, and if the attached character is House Mormont, if it has the House Mormont trait, it gains stealth. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, plus one strength's not bad if you're pushing challenges, I guess, that need to be, like, five or more, or you're trying to win. Mm-hmm. And then getting stealth on a character for one gold is good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Look up here. Especially since, like, you could play it on, you know, Alicene or... And mm-hmm. then she can get stealth during all the challenges. Or you could play it on... Um, what's the other Mormont card? Uh, Daisy is what I'm thinking of. Where she's got Renown and stealth. And then she has X strength, where X is the number of Stark characters you control. So, mm-hmm. with the uh, with the 
the she-bear you could probably have like three characters out at once so at least she's three and she's renowned and she's four and renowned in stealth and I don't know the the Mormont suite seems really good right now yeah I just pulled up all the Mormonts um Alisane is the one I was talking about um let's see and you can put this on Jorah and the old bear or sorry no you can't okay never mind I thought Jorah was a house Mormont but they've been exiled so my bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. You have Bear Island host. Uh, I don't think that attachment would do so well. Well, it also says no attachment, so yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bear Island low list. Yeah. I would see it be good on Daisy Mormont. Yeah, I was thinking Daisy too. That could be or really even cool. Mage. Mage Mormont, that one costs, uh, give her maker a five strength with renown, and then plus do her reaction. Uh, reveal top card if it's Stark, mm-hmm. and you can draw it. Which it, even, it even works on the She Bear if you want to throw it on that. I really think it'd be cool with yeah. um, with Bear Island Loyalist too, since you get the immune to events, and then you get stealth in this character, so it makes it a little more resilient, and mm-hmm. it makes it win more often. So. I think uh, this card is a little bit less ex- a little bit less accessible than the other card, um, so I think I'm only going to give it like a four. Cause, but I think it still is like a one or two of in Stark deck right now because throwing stealth on something to push challenges is really good, and you're going to want to play the Mormont characters anyway. And you're usually running, you know, three ofs of Loyalist and Scout, or maybe two ofs of Loyalist and three yeah. ofs of Scout. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to give this like a three and a half. Um, let's see. Just because it, it gives a character stealth, so that prevents them from being stealth as well. Yeah, that's true. Defensive, um, but also gives you a, a strength boost for one for one cost. So, and or potentially for free. So, with uh, the she bear. She bear. All right. So let's move on from Stark. We got our first mm-hmm. Targaryen card, a four cost character with a military and power icon is four strength. Hago, the Blood Rider, is Dothraki as well. And it says, as a reaction after you win a challenge in which Hago is participating, discard a card from your hand, choose the Dothraki card in your discard pile, and return it to your hand. I mean, it fits pretty well with the summer decks or the discard Targaryen decks, you know? Because mm-hmm. getting back your Dothraki that might get discarded from, like, you know, March mm-hmm. to the Wall or something like that is pretty cool. Yeah, and I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to build up this Doth- Dothraki theme um, with with the Targaryen cards. So, um, Targbox Dothraki. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I can see them kind of going with that theme where they're pushing that more, mm-hmm. and so I think that's the reason why they have this guy. You know. Yeah. Because there's so many. I mean, Targaryen's known for discarding cards to do certain effects. So. Yeah, it's they, they like, already like that. Think about discarding yeah, so, a Missandei and then getting back a card in your hand too, right? Yeah, like a Drogo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't get Drogo. He's not Dothraki, but you can Is get back. Dro- oh, sorry, sorry. I, I'm thinking Drogon. <laughs> no. Yeah. I was like, what? Gotcha. Drogo better be a Dothraki. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're so, right. yeah, I mean, that's. I think that's. I think that's a cool card. I like it. There's a significantly large amount of of like all across the board, Dothraki, you know, from like 
two to seven or two to eight, you have a bunch of Dothraki you could play. So maybe we'll see a little, like yeah. a bunch more support for that. But um, I don't know. I don't know Targaryen Dothraki well enough, so I'm just gonna give it like a three out of five and hope that it gets better, and know that it's gonna get better eventually. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a four just because there's so many different. I mean, there's it shows here 15 cards that have the Dothraki trait. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I think. I think uh, it's going to be a good card. I think so too. I just want. I think. It, I think there's probably more that are coming out that's going to make it a lot better. Like. Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. So, I'm just being. I'm playing safe. <laughs> the next card is called uh, Dothraki Steed. It's a one cost attachment. It's a warhorse. Max one per character because you can't ride more than one horse at once. And it says while attached character is attacking, it gets plus one strength, plus three step instead if it has Dothraki trait. <laughs> um, Dothraki Steed. I really, 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 really want them to make a white blocker deck. That would be like, cool. Just Danny, make it happen. <laughs> or whoever at Fantasy Flight, make it happen. The Night King. I already got texts and everything that would work well with it. We can make this happen. You, you like? I think it's going to be their like curtain call, like. If that when the game is going out and they're either going to start a third edition or something else is happening, maybe the last expansion just has like a White Walker faction added. Oh, yes. And the big cool way to end it, maybe it's like even like mm -hmm. a, a game mode where like you can play a Dothraki, you can play a White Walker deck in one v one, or you can play like against a White Walker deck as like multiple like multiple players. Like one player mm -hmm. plays the White Walker deck and then they get special rules for being like the leader, like the the main antagonist, versus like yeah. three other players. Yeah, like the um, melee. Kind of, but where like everybody's against one, so it's like three v one melee. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool too. I just want a White Walker deck. Yeah, bring it however you can. What do you think about this card though? Um, I mean, I like it. If you're playing that Dothraki kind of theme, which goes well with uh, Hago, mm -hmm. you're getting a giving a character plus three strength. I mean, that's that's pretty good. This this one goes into the category of like me not really rat liking cards that just add base strength, and so like I never see the value until I'm like annoyed by them in play. <laughs> so I'm giving this a three out of five because I don't I I don't like that it's just base strength and I don't like that it's just while well, it's attacking. Well, I mean, honestly, a lot of the Targaryen stuff is made for attacking, but. Uh, I'm gonna give this like technically a four. all characters are made to attack Dom. Yes, true. But <laughs> four, okay, four out of five. Unless you're unless you're Night Watch. That's true. <laughs> um, they can still technically attack. They just hate it, hate it more than anything just, in the world. They just like to defend. Now I was looking around for decks that have been built with like some of these cards because there's a really cool feature on um, mm -hmm. Thrones DB where you can say it says deck lists under the cards so you can see what cards are what decks are using it and there actually is a like a prince that was promised as or as or I reborn like mm -hmm. no wait a second a prince that was promised um not as or I sorry uh Targaryen deck where you're like focusing on Khal Drogo and it's like mm -hmm. just about Khal Drogo recursion and getting multiple military challenges and it looks pretty cool so um yeah maybe 3.5 out of 4 or out of 5 <laughs> <laughs> all right I'm gonna give it like a four and a half. Okay, four, four and a half. Four and a half, really? 
four, four and a half. This card doesn't change anything, though. Like, if you draw this and you're losing, you're it doesn't do anything. It gives a character plus one strength. Yeah, that doesn't Any mean character. much. Well, I'll play Winterfell, could... which gives all my characters plus one strength. Well, then it's just even, then. Mm. You, I just trust the master here. No, I refuse to trust you on this card. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to look at the next card, though, which I think is okay. super cool. Four cost character, a military power icon, four strength, high tower knight. He's a house high tower, and it's a knight. Duh. It says it right above. And it's, it's, a ty it's a Tyrell, Tyrell <laughs> it's card. It's a Tyrell card, yes, sorry. Uh, if you didn't know a Hightower was a Tyrell card, then we can you can you can ask us. Um, action, kneel a non Tyrell Knight character to put a high tower high tower knight into play from your hand. So <laughs> Right? I think so too. Like because like <laughs> this so uh I have to I have to look I have to look at something real quick. <laughs> okay, good. He's a king. <laughs> the new Renly's a king, so you can't like use Renly's ability and then use this on him. But uh, I don't know. This kind of fits really well with um, either any knight deck. Maybe if you like see a better value from getting another icon that you don't have, or you just need to push more strength, mm -hmm. and you need four instead of something else, you can get a character on board. Um, I don't know if you. I, there's 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 plenty there's, of ways to get him in. And Tyrell is already gross again right now because there's just dumb stuff. There's like a wombo combo with Tyrell you can do after the box got released and you're just trying to play like, it's like old Renly like Tricon Renly with Insight and you just like push like an infinite amount of challenges with all the Tyrell mm -hmm. blah blah blah. It doesn't matter. It's gross. But cheating cards in is what Tyrell does well and this is another version of a well well a well treated Tyrell card. <laughs> well there's so many other like, you know goes with that whole knight theme of course mm -hmm. you know you can throw in the hedge knights oh. you can throw in the knighted oh attachment kneeling a hedge knight to get this guy out is like it's like pokemon mm -hmm. evolution yeah or if you have the knighted attachment thrown on uh like a, a reducer or some weenie that you don't really care you just want to get this guy out kind of thing mm-hmm I like it. I'm. I. I think this guy's like a four and a half out of five. Like he just yeah. has so much use, and the 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 knights rush decks that are out there are already good, and this guy can like make it I, better. Yeah, because if you get like milked or something like that, you can throw this guy out instead. Ah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, what's your rating? Yeah, um, I'm gonna give her the four and a half just because you can. It's like a free ambush, really. You're mm -hmm. just kneeling a character out, so it's a it's a good character you can keep in your hand. And say you're just trying to keep it to save it for, say, you have Lady Sansa's Rose, and you're going to use him to be the one that gets you that three power. Plus, if you have Renowned with that one plot, and yeah, you it's it's good. I like that idea with Knighted, too. That's really sick because you can, yeah, just, yeah that's a really good idea. Just, yeah, just put it on a character you know you're going to kill anyway, mm -hmm. and then just long enough to where you can get him out, mm -hmm. and then be like, boom. You just got a four-coster for one. Because knighted isn't terminal, right? So you get it. I think no, you, yeah, you yeah. get it right back. Okay. All right, so what's your rating again? Sorry? Uh, I'm going to say four and a half. Just, and also, it's not unique. Mm -hmm. Just so you know. It, and it sticks around, too. That's the other thing here. Like, So even if you do have to mm -hmm. kneel a knight, you still get this knight next turn. So that means you have more characters on board, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's just good. All right. I, I think that this card is like the next card we're gonna look at. Sorry, 
Fields of the Reach is a one-cost location. It's called the Reach location. It says after you win a power challenge, kneel three of the Reach locations to raise the claim value and reveal plot card by one until the end of the challenge. I really like this card. Yeah, I, I yeah, I like it too. Um, being that it's also a Reach uh, location itself, one cost, yeah. not unique. Um, I want to put this in the yeah. Knights deck still because it's Jousting Pavilions. They still give you the plus mm -hmm. one. And yeah. you can just kneel jousting. It's non-unique, so you can put three of them in and get and just kneel three mm -hmm. of these. Uh, your your reducer, your location econ reducer is is a reach location. Like, mm -hmm. oh, it's just so cool. Like, there's just so many good locations that have the reach on them. That if you couldn't use them for something else, you can use them to make your your claim higher. Yeah, definitely. Um, let me see. Well, yeah, like the Jousting Pavilion. That's that's what I was saying, yeah, Jousting Pavilion. Oh, yeah, Pavilion. Sorry, yeah, I was kind of looking it up as you were talking. Good. Yeah, and that one fits um, well with, like, the last card we just saw, too, right? Because you're getting, like, a 5, 6, or 7 strength knight out of it, out of Jousting mm -hmm. Pavilions, and then you get a 2 claim on power. Or even uh, the Honeywine. Mm-hmm. You know? So you, oh, that's uh, so cool. Because the Honeywine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the Shield... Or the Shield Islands. Shield Islands, yeah. That's increased uh, by one, your draw by one. Yeah, and, and even if you do the ones that can kneel, you can choose to raise your claim by one instead of, you know, maybe drawing two mm -hmm. cards if you don't need to this turn because you're going to hit your uh, your reserve limit. Or if you mm -hmm. didn't find a use for a Bitter Bridge if you're playing, you know, a Bitter Bridge deck. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. if, you did, if you didn't, if you were pretty sure you weren't going to hit anything with Old Town, you could get an extra claim. So, on power. So you would guarantee the power from them. But anyway. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And if you play your cards right, if you're able to. I get it. Do that power challenge first. Raise the claim, and then you can. Oh, and then with. Um... Well, it's only to the end of the challenge, so it's not the whole phase. Oh. Uh, but that would be cool. That sucks. <laughs> um, but no, I was, I was also thinking of um, Sir Garland. Yeah, right. To do that a power was, challenge. Yeah, that was part and of the, the was... like. Yeah, it was gross. That was part of the combo with um, who is it? Yeah, like the eight power turn where you have a few knights and you just like knight out and Lady Sansa's rose and get all this power. Well, if you think about it, like okay, let's say you're doing the the plot wardens of the south, that gives you plus two strength. Then you have your your jousting pavilions, that gives you plus one strength. You know, however many you have. Plus, um, if you have, what is it, the jousting, the attachment, where it's basically like you're in a Knight of Flowers, where you can only have one defending character. Mm, okay. They had like Marin Heat or something like that? It's, no, well, Marin Heat's the the one where you can bounce characters out. Oh, uh, okay. Um, uh, I forget the name of it. But anyways, it's the same thing. as like while you're attacking alone, your opponent can't defend with more than one character. Yeah. Um, so then you do on that, so then you you know, like you said, you get the Lady Sensors Bros, you get uh, a plus two strength, plus so you're getting like let's say plus four strength. You're gonna win the mil the power challenge. Mm -hmm. Say you have Sir Garland out, discard a card. Now your your what is your one claim is three claim. It's yeah. And and keep in mind that you could also do there's my claim here if you have the characters to do it, which we would make it four. And you don't there's no limit to this. 
So you could use all three fields to trigger three claim increase, I think. So if you had nine, right. if you had nine, if you had the two, three fields out and six other reach locations, you could mm -hmm. kneel them all. Well, not just that, but like um, I was also thinking of off to Gold Town, if you did that to the Green Apple Knights. Yeah. With the non kneeling plus or plus one string for each other knight, non kneeling, you can do that. And then say you you have Elena's informant or that event that allows you to do another power challenge. You know, so you can. Keeping in mind that if your opponent doesn't have that much power, you would never do all this stuff. But no, this yeah. would be kind <laughs> yeah. of like more of like a kind of like a rush to the end. Mm -hmm type thing or like a big swing turn like it would be really cool to pull yeah. five power from your opponent and they <laughs> then you're up to 10 and they're to five you know but anyway yeah. i think this card's i love the theme on this card i think it's great i think the way that it works is really cool i like the claim raise so i'm giving it a five out of five even if it's not that good i think that the design around <laughs> it's good yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a oh, man do it i'm gonna give it a four i'm gonna give it a four just because I can. Yeah, you can do anything you want. All right, exactly. our first neutral card is called Lin Corbury. He's a five-cost military uh, military intrigue icon for Strengther, who is unique, and he's have House Aaron, and he's a knight. He's got stealth, and it says after an opponent initiates a power challenge against you, stand Lin Corbury. I like it. Yeah, I've heard this guy's pretty good, and he's got a pretty good attachment too that we'll talk about later that makes him yeah. even better. Um, yeah. I I like his icon spread for a knight. That's pretty cool. Um, mm -hmm. It's funny that you the get cost. to stand him against in a power challenge because, like, he doesn't actually participate in the power challenges <laughs> until you give him his attachment. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think. Um, yeah, you're right. Um, no, I I like it. It's you know, it could be something that makes your opponent think: Do I really want to do a power challenge first, or you know, whatever? Yeah. And you can restand them, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, no, I like his attachment with him, and I haven't had a chance to play with him, so I have no idea how to rate him. So. I'm going to say 4 to 5 just because I think he's a solid put in a lot of decks that are being built right now. Like, there's some pretty interesting non-loyal decks that are coming out because mm -hmm. of some of the cards in this actual pack, in this deluxe expansion. And I think he fits mm -hmm. well with them, you know? He's a pretty solid 5 drop. Yeah, I think... I'm going to think I'd give it a 3.5 just because, like I said, I haven't played uh, with him at all. And so, but I can see the the goodness or the, the goodness. I can see the benefit of having him because that restand during power challenge mm -hmm. can be really good. Even if it's just four for dominance, you know. Yeah, exactly. All right. So our next neutral card is a three cost character with a military and an intrigue. It's another knight with military intrigue, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. A two a two two strength, unlikely champion. It says when you control a lord or lady character, unlikely champion gains a power icon. So. You have the majority of cards in any deck. There's going to be cards in any deck that are Lord and Lady. Like, almost every single deck has a Lord and Lady. Mm -hmm. And so this guy is a three-cost Tricon. Yeah. Not terrible. No. But, like, if you go with the... The, um, the Tyrell Knight... 
Hightower Knight. Yeah. Knight. Three cost. You can just kneel him to throw them in. Yeah. Kind of thing. But it's it's all right. Or works well with the new Renly too. Yeah. Also, the the going back to Lin Corbray, uh, he's a knight. You can kneel him, and then potentially restand them if your opponent does that power challenge. I think in the right deck, he's probably a for me a, like a f I don't know like a three and a half. I really want to play him with the new Renly. <laughs> yeah, the new Renly. Yeah, um, yeah, I give it a three and a half as well. Um, yeah, it's 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 good whenever you can get three icons on a character. Mm -hmm. All right, our next card is a two cost uh, n uh, neutral character who is a military and power icon with two strength. It's Engai the Archer. Uh, it's got a Brotherhood and Relore trait. It says, while you control no loyal characters, Angway the Archer does not kneel when declared as an attacker or defender in a military challenge. I had to play against this card recently, and it, it's pretty good. Uh, having the Relore trait on there makes it like really good for like triggering random Baratheon crap. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that it doesn't have to stand if you built your deck a certain way, um, or doesn't have to kneel, is really cool, because you can get two challenges off of them. Or two defenders off of them. So... Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's a pretty decent card. Um, it gives you that option, you know, if you want to, you know, attack with the military, you don't have to kneel him. And if you want to use it for power, you can. If not, then you can just use him for defense. Yeah. You know, he's probably a good one of. Yeah, I think a lot of people are doing one of just because he has the reward trait in some mm -hmm. some decks that need that. Yeah, to trigger core mail. Mm-hmm. Himself, so, well, even yeah. to to play like, uh, in flames or seen in flames or whatever, like you just yeah. need a relore character to do that. So, I think yeah. he's like a probably like a three out of five. Yeah, I think I'd go with that. Three out of five. This card though, uh, it, okay, <laughs> the Hollow Hill is a two cost location with the Brotherhood and Westeros traits. It says as a dominance action. If you control no little characters, kneel the Hollow Hill to search the top ten cards of your deck for a non little character. Reveal it, add it to your hand, and shuffle your deck. Five out of five. It's not a five out of five in every deck, though. Like five it, and a five. I don't. I don't think so because a five out of five neutral location has to be able to go in every deck. Like a Rose Road is a five out of five. It's a five out of five. This card's not a five out of five. It goes in a certain <laughs> deck archetype, and I agree that in that deck archetype, it's a five out of five. But like, this card doesn't go in every deck. There's not not every deck can can handle not having non-loyal characters. Like you couldn't play and, this in a Stark deck. Like I said, five out of five. And if people don't agree with me, they can tell me on the comment section. Well, you can explain to them right now why you think it's five out of five instead of just saying five out of five over and over again. Well, well let me just read it to you, okay? Because if I have to explain it, then I don't know. You do have to explain it. I'm not asking you to read it to me. Just explain it why it's a five <laughs> out of five. We. Anytime you can search your deck for a character, for a non-loyal character, might I add, it's it's going to be good. There's been plenty of games where I've had loyal characters in the deck and I haven't had them on the board. But if I have, was able to have this on the on the board, then that helped me get some characters out. Not if you have like a Eddard, Ned Stark out there, or like a Barath or Robert Baratheon or a Balon or any of like the key cards in these decks that. You 
people typically run. Like I said, five out of five. It's definitely not a five <laughs> out of five. So I'm going to say in, in this is a definitely a five out of five in the deck that runs it, which is, as far as I can tell, a disgusting cancel answer Martell deck. And it's probably like a three and a half, four, maybe, in other decks. Because 50% of the time you can't use it. I guess yep. you can use it after a wipe, so. But you would never do that, so mm -hmm. never mind. Some people valor themselves. But even if you value yourself, you can't use this till dominance, so you'd have to value yourself and then play no characters, or only non-loyal characters. And then you have to yeah. soak a claim. And I don't know. There's just too many things. I just don't see it being that good everywhere. It's not ubiquitously good. <laughs> anyway. I just like messing with you. That's fine. You're allowed. Uh, yeah, it's, it's still a 5 out of 5. Yeah. For, for Dom. Uh, Two-cost attachment is the next one we have. It's Lady okay. Forlorn. What, what were you going to say? Sorry. I was going to say, I'm going to put that card in every deck of mine. Just because you... Okay. Just because every time I play you, you're going to see that card. I can show you that's on a 5 out of 5 right now by going to the top decks on Thrones DB and showing you how it's not in them. You don't have to do that. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> um, Two-cost two attachment that's a Valerian Steel weapon. Uh, it's called Lady Forlorn. It's unique. Attached character gets plus one strength for each neutral location you control. And if the attached character is Link Corbray, he gains a power icon. What? what? This goes into the same thing as Steed, man. Like, raising strength. I guess raising mm -hmm. strength on a neutral card is better than raising strength on a Dothraki. Well, just as attached character. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it, on anyone. It, it, it can be in any deck as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it gives you that extra boost if you are if you have that Lin Corbray guy. I've never played a deck where I wanted to spend two gold on something like this. Maybe someone needs to build me a deck where I want to do this. Or maybe you just cohort it. it out, and then you don't have to worry about paying the two gold. <laughs> I, would be, I would play this card. I know, I'm just saying, like, the past when I've been playing stuff, like, I've never had an attachment that was, like, uh, a, like a non-negative attachment that I wanted to pay that much for. Mm. I'm trying to think, and I can't think of one. You just gotta stop being so cheap. Well, that's probably true. <laughs> uh, but I, even like, even in like the Stark decks, like I'm like I'm like paying for negative attachments a lot, like uh, ice. Mm -hmm. You know, like a frozen solid, and I haven't played a deck with ice yet. Um, so I don't know. Oh my gosh, you haven't played ice? No, none of the decks that I've tried run it. Or I've oh never hit it gosh. if they do have it. It's because it's, again, Game of Thrones, you lose because you don't draw. I mean, you win or you die. But yeah. you basically <laughs> don't have to see your whole deck in Game of Thrones. So, um, What do you think about this card? Because I guarantee mine's going to be lower. <laughs> um, I mean, like, it goes it goes back to the depends on what kind of deck you're running. Um, if you're doing the whole neutral, non-loyal thing, I think it would be really good. Um you know, on on average, if you're if even if you threw this attachment in, like with any other deck, I mean, you might get like a plus one or a plus two out of it, maybe. Think like you open with like um, at the gates and pull out a non a neutral location, and then maybe play two or three yeah. more the rest of the game, so you get a plus two or mm -hmm. three max, or three four, three or four yeah. max. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, political disasters becoming a thing now. Now, if it goes again. on Lin, I like this card. 
yes, if it goes on Lin, I mean, it's definitely a little bit better with on Lin, but, I mean, you can boost any character with that. I don't know. I mean, I'd probably give it like a three, three and a half. That, I agree. Three, three for me. Just, I wasn't going to go because... Binder Fodder. <laughs> no, no. It's it's a one of just to try out, and if you see it, cool. If not, yeah, yeah. Just chuck it on the when you need to meet reserve. Now we have the one card in the deck in the deluxe expansion that basically says, "Go f yourself, Baratheon," and it's <laughs> Defiance, which is a zero cost event as a challenge action. Choose and stand a character that has not participated in a challenges phase. Max once per phase. So, uh, when <laughs> when when you get knelt by those shadow priestesses or. You get knelt by Mill, or you get knelt by any of the other breathing effects. You can choose Defiance, mm -hmm. and you can stand again. Or if you get intimidated. Or, uh, that, or um, if your your view went up against a long winner, played it the next turn. Yeah. I'm not sure about this card, because for me, like, I'm trying to think defensively like, like my buddy Dom does. But even if you <laughs> do, like, it just seems like such a weird thing to put in a deck when you it just seems like it's such a weird thing to put in a deck because you never know if you're going to actually play it or not I'm trying to think of other things that would stand something and is there enough stand effects that having something like this in your deck all the time would be good you know or well, sorry depends. kneel effects is what I mean kneel effects yeah well yeah kneeling I mean Baratheon's known for that with the Cormel and mm -hmm. and their events and saving the kingdom and consolidation of power and you know the, the the priestess and so this is just a mo know your meta card then is that what this card is? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say it's that, or it could be something like you know if you're if you're running the long winner, you use your guys on the on the turn, then the next round you have that card already in hand, then you can stand your big guy up, and your opponent wasn't expecting it, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You could also use this in a weird way with um, what are the what's that it's Bay of Seals and stuff like that <laughs> to like oh, yeah. if they like kneel a character that's like a support kind of character that kneels to do something really powerful you could stand it and then Bay of Seals it. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that doesn't seem that like that doesn't seem like it seems cool but it doesn't seem like good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could, I mean, it's it's definitely situational for mm -hmm. sure. Um, I mean, yeah. It like I said, it's situational where you have to have either the long winner or someone's kneeling one of your characters. So, what do you think? You know, rating wise. Um, I mean, I'd probably give it a probably a. Hmm, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. A, uh, I want to say three, but I just don't know, like. I can see this being really good against Baratheon card decks with the Neil. Yeah. Um, but any other deck, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I tend to. Three. Yeah, I tend to overestimate the value of either doing a thing once or doing a thing a ton of times. So, like, this card mm -hmm. is standing one character. Is that, like, mm -hmm. does that shift the game? I don't know. I'm not a good player. I just like reading the cards. I think it's probably a two and a half for me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, a, like I said, situational where, you know, to get the most value out of the card, you'd want one of your big guys to be able to re-sand. Mm -hmm. And, 
I guess one of the ways would be is if you know you're running the long winner and you have this card. Like, other than that, you know. And that's if you have it, because if you, like, you're basically not yeah. playing one of your plots until you find a defiance, and if they intrigue it out of your hand, yeah. you're like, well, crap. Like, I had to political disaster myself the other day when I had seven locations, because it was my last plot. I would hate to do that to myself if, on, like, a long winter. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Mm-hmm. Now, to let's go to the agenda. So, this is before the plots, but this agenda is kind of cool. So, the prince that was promised is a prophecy agenda. It says, after all agendas are announced, you name a unique character. Other characters you control cannot gain power. And it says, after you win a power challenge by five or more, kneel your faction card to either stand the named character and draw a card, or search your deck, discard pile, a dead pile for the named character, reveal it, and add it to your hand, then shuffle your deck. So you get to shuffle your deck even if you didn't search it, which is kind of interesting. But <laughs> mm-hmm. I think there's, like, so many people that were freaking out about this. And basically, from what I could tell, just reading headlines and people's vague comments, is that basically maybe 30 different characters were chosen for the prince that was promised (laughs) (laughs) out of all the things that people were excited about. Yeah. I mean, I really like this agenda. I think it's, it's going to be pretty good. Um, it keeps your big guy, you know, always in the game, Mm -hmm. you know, as long as you can trigger it. I've seen some, yeah. Right. I've seen some, well, and even if, yeah, that's kind of an interesting point, but I've seen Call Drogo decks with this. I've seen Renly mm-hmm. new 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 Stannis, sorry, with this. Um, yeah. Red Viper or some cool ones, mm-hmm. and it's just pretty pretty interesting to see like the people who are like building around this and trying to like manipulate this agenda, and so you can always have that one card out. I think it's yeah. pretty cool that it kind of protects it from dying as long as you don't get a second copy in the dead pile somehow. Um, yeah, well, no, you wouldn't have a second copy. You only, yeah, that's right. You only play part. one, yeah. Because then but, you, um, yeah, that's a good point. Because you just always tutor it, even if it's not in your opening hand, you just always play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. But one thing I do also like about it is, like, especially with the new Stannis, is you win the power challenge, you could you can restand him, um, draw a card, and then draw another. Plus card. his effect, yeah. draw draw another card. I guess was on the claim value of your opponent. Yeah. Um, so now you're drawing two cards potentially, at least two cards, and and you're restanding him. Um, yeah, I think it's it's good. I yeah. think it's going to be good. I think it'll be agenda. really fun to build around too because uh, mm-hmm. it, it's such a build around card where you're like, oh, I think I can do it with this character, and then you just like are like this agenda, this character. Now, what do I do to make that character efficable? Like, how do I make it? How do I win? And that's kind of yeah. cool. And one thing I'm I'm wondering because I haven't seen any decks lists with this, um, you know, like, let's say you're doing Baratheon, Prince of Promise, um, and Stannis is your guy. Do you just put one copy of him in? Uh, then... The decks I'm seeing don't tend to put a co- one copy of the card that they're pulling, just because um, I think you want to be able to dupe him because a lot of the decks tend to do use Voltroni kind of effects where you like put stuff on it to protect them. The Stannis one uses oh, Azur I Reborn so you can like you know mm-hmm. get a ton of like renown triggers or whatever you're gonna get, you know. Sure. So Okay. Um but yeah that makes sense. So I think it's just it's just more like if you can get it on board early you can start doing the stand and draw a card thing, right? Gotcha, yeah. So, 
But I think gotcha. this is, I like this agenda from, and my card readings, if you couldn't tell, are more just around how much I like a card or how much I enjoy the theme of it. I think this one's like a five out of five for me just because of the way that it was designed and the mm -hmm. ability to choose any unique character and kind of like decide what you want to do. I think that's a really cool aspect of this yeah. card. Uh, I'm going to give it a five out of five as well. Excitement, building, what do you think? Like, why are you excited about uh... Prince of Promise? Well, there's so many different characters, mm -hmm. you know? Like you just said, Balon, um, Core Balon, mm -hmm. uh, Asha, <laughs> uh, Cal Drogo, Viper, uh, New Stannis, Core Rob. Um, I think it's really cool to have it around cards that either give you global effects, like Cal Drogo, mm -hmm. or cards that can always trigger its ability, like um, like Core Rob or Core Balon. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so... And with, you know, like Core Balon, for example, you know, if you're able to get his strength high enough, he's going to win on a pose anyway. You're going to restand him, draw a card. Um, yeah, I, I like it. I think yeah. it's it's going to be fun to play. And he's got renown too. Yeah, anyway. Okay, let's move on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, let's yeah, look at our plots. Uh, so the first part we have is called Outwit. It's a three income, zero uh, initiative, one claim scheme. And it says interrupt. When the effects... Uh, when the effects of a sorry this is a confusing way to read it and it's because it's confusing when the effects of a win revealed ability would initiate kneel your faction card and a unique maester character to cancel those effects uh it's a plot limit t deck limit one and it's five reserve i think this card makes like the maester deck maybe something that can happen like yeah it's pretty cool i mean think about you can you can counter a valar with this yeah well a lot of um like there's that other plot where you try to um you want to flip it when you think your opponent's gonna run a valor um the returning to fields kind of thing where you can uh, sacrifice a character before they're killed um so i kind of feel like this plot's kind of the same thing yeah okay i i think i just liked it because i think it makes the conclave more interesting and that's really the only reason yeah. i think it's fun is because you really mm -hmm. want maesters in that deck, and if you're already playing maesters, a card that can counter other really bad cards is really fun. Mm -hmm. So, and it can go, yeah. it could go in like, uh, like it could technically go in. Um, oh my, no, oh, okay, never mind. It wouldn't do that. I was thinking rains, but you'd never play this in rains. So, never mind. Yeah, okay. no, you wouldn't. Um, so, I think for the excitement I have about it and the ability to maybe build some more conclavey stuff, I'm going to give it a four out of five. But I know it's not a good card, and I'm saying that right now. I know it's not that yeah. good. Um, I'm going to give it a three, just because you know you're it's going you're going to get a miss. You know, there's going to be times you're going to whiff it, but yep. you know, but you have to have the macer out, and you got to be able to trigger this at the right time mm -hmm. um, in the game. So. I don't know, maybe a two and a half to three um, for me. You do here to serve, and then you outwit. <laughs> All right, our next yeah. one is, uh, it's called Siege Preparations. Um, it says it's a three cost, or sorry, three income, one initiative, one claim, six reserve siege plot. That is a dominance action. Draw cards until your hand size is equal to your reserve value limit once per phase. I don't know how that would be possible. Oh, so if you flipped into it, I guess, somehow? Anyway, um... I think I really, really like this card. Like, I think I almost run this card over, um, like, counting coppers and well, things think like about that. It. Well, think about it. Let's say you flip into you when you, you die. 
usually that's your closer. Mm-hmm. But for some unknown reason, let's just say you you, you can't close it. Mm-hmm. Um, then you flip back into this. You get your two cards, or whatever. You play your two cards, but then at the end of the the, the round at the dominance, you can draw six cards. Or draw four, even if you don't play those two cards. No. Like, that's still no. good. Uh, I just think the timing's yeah. a little late to make it really, really good, right? Because you can't do anything the entire turn. No. I mean, but also, if you have enough cards, like, if you have, like, six cards, let's say, and you have enough gold to put out, like, four or five of them, you might want to just, you know, kind of just lay it out, and then the next round, or at the end of that round, you can draw right back up. Yeah, I was thinking to play this encountering like, a Valar, or countering some, like, board wipe, or some really bad, mm-hmm. bad thing, because if you know your opponent's going to do that, you're like, well... I either play this now, get the cards, hopefully draw a dupe if they don't play Valar, and I can save my cards, or they Valar and I have cards to play, you know? Mm-hmm. And hopefully have the Econ to play some of them. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I like yeah. the design. Um, I'm going to say th- why, uh, three and a half out of five? Uh, I'm going to give maybe? it a four. Yeah, okay. I'm going to give it a four, but just because I know there's play- been plenty of games where I've been under reserve, Yeah. and you know, for some reason, I'm just not getting the draw that game, and so this kind of plot just helps with that. If you're playing reserve up too, that'd be gross. So if you get your reserve to like nine, ugh. yeah. If you have like <laughs> your the, the Iron Throne, like we were talking about earlier, yeah. Um, yeah, if you can get your reserve up to like eight, maybe. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Or, or Martell, they have their 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 um, locations that give you plus one mm-hmm. on reserve. Yeah, Summer Sea yeah. Port or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. There I like go. it. All right. Our next yep. plot is called Rationing. It's a five income, five initiative, one claim edict winter plot with five reserve value. It says players cannot trigger reactions to winning or losing challenges. I love this plot so much in terms of like <laughs> what meta decks I've been playing against lately. Because it's mm-hmm. a five gold plot. That's great. Five initiative, not mm-hmm. too shabby. Um, mm-hmm. f- one claim, that's fine. I don't care. Uh, most bots are one claim that's why uh, five reserves not too bad and then mm-hmm. stopping uh, like annoying Martell shenanigans or stopping Sea of Blood stopping insane Greyjoy triggers yeah like Asha mm-hmm. or and then you can put two of them in your deck if you really are feeling it it's winter too, mm-hmm. which is sweet because if you play it in Stark, you can get benefits from um, like a Winterfell. If you play this in yeah. Winterfell, you can use abilities while your opponent can't, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, or if you're playing the Kings of Winter agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I'm a fan. I think four out of five for me. I think this card is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's it's a good card. Like, even if you don't. Like the deck, no, uh, let me back up. Even if the text doesn't trigger off, let's say that much, you're still getting a decent card for five gold, five initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, the reserve is okay. Five yeah, is, it could be better. Average. But yeah. But no, I mean, it, it's still a good card. Yeah. So um, I, w- I would probably say like a three and a half. Okay. So. All right. Uh, this is probably my favorite plot in the entire game because it's so weird. Um, Desperate Attack (laughs) is a two gold, zero initiative, three claim plot. It's a war plot with four reserve. And it says, while you're the defending player, raise the claim value on the attacking player's revealed plot card by one. I'm just thinking of, like, (laughs) the the utter decimation you could pull with this plot. Like, oh, my God. Like, 
what if like look it's even got the tyrell logo on it think about this man <laughs> if you play this in like knights and you got a good board state you can make a claim of like up to six depending on what you play or like in stark mm -hmm. you can get it up to four that's insane mm -hmm. oh yeah definitely um i was gonna say uh they have that one character he's a neutral character uh his starts with the s but anyways um the character you can discard a gold pay a gold to blink the text on a plot card oh yeah that's right interesting so you pay the gold and then blink that text so you still get the three and uh three claim but they don't get the plus one on there yeah on their, i uh, yeah that's true that I think this card's really cool. Three claim is insane. I didn't never. I didn't, I've never thought they would print a three claim card. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I haven't tried it, but like, it'd be really good against like a, a free folk deck. Yeah. Oh, that'd be insane. <laughs> I just imagine the the board state. So like, if you can go, if your opponent's dumb enough to let you go first, you like basically wipe their board. <laughs> if your opponent's not dumb enough to let you go first, then they get two claim which could hurt really badly if you weren't ready for it and i just keep thinking of how you would play this in Greyjoy and then be able to get like so much from it you know well i think this this plot would be good like especially if you're if your deck is built on like ambushing or shadows yeah um characters in you can bounce people in um real quick you know either either use a military claim or to attack um later on um, if you're going second, um, so you can get the most out of the plot. Yeah. Um, I, I I really like it. I'm excited to try it. What do you um, think rating wise? Um, I'm gonna give it a, like a four, four and a half. I think I am too, and I don't know if it's that good, but I really like the design on it. Just the fact that it's three claim. Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah, and it, you yeah. can put two of them in if you're crazy. If you feel crazy, <laughs> yes, um, you can. So the, I think the last one, no, second to last, the hands tourney is our next plot. It's a five income, two initiative, one claim kingdom summer plot, with seven reserve. As a force interrupt, when claim is applied for a military challenge, apply power claim instead. Seems cool. Yeah, I like it. Goes well with that Baratheon stuff we were talking about last time, where you can get multiple power challenges, mm -hmm. or at least the power yeah. challenge effect. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and then you got the the plot sailing the summer sea or something. Um, you can do two power challenges and instead. It, yeah, I like that it's the claim instead because it does actually affect mm -hmm. like things that raise your power claim value will actually raise this claim value. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. I I really like it. It's five gold, two initiative, um, one claim, seven yeah. reserves. Pretty legit. Seven reserve. Yeah, so it's good. It's a kingdom summer. Um, yeah, I really like it. I give it a. I probably give it a. Four and a half, five. I think I'm going to give it a four out of five. Because I imagine yeah. it just gets blanked with naval superiority, which is pissing me off lately. <laughs> I think well, I'm... naval superiority, you just don't get no gold. Yeah, but that's still that's a big part of why that card's good. Five gold's pretty solid. Um, yeah. But, okay. Uh, the last card we have is called the New Gods. It's got a really cool art, I think. Picture of the seven. Mm -hmm. um, it's six income, four initiative, one claim, the seven plot with four reserve. It says each the seven character you control does not kneel when declared as an attacker in the first challenge you initiate during the challenge phase. Mm. I think I love it just because it, it feeds into that agenda. Like, 
I, I just like cards that are support like the Maester card. I like that there's these mm-hmm. cards that support these agendas. Mm-hmm. And six income is pretty sweet. <laughs> six gold is good. Um, the four initiative, it's all right. I mean, like if you're playing against Greyjoy, let's be honest, you're not going first. <laughs> you're not being the. Let me back up. If you're playing against Greyjoy, you're not picking who's going first. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, it's a decent plot. Um, I haven't played the Faith of the Milton agenda, which I probably should. But I've never played it, so I can't contribute anything to this. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna give it a high rating just because I like the design around it, just like I did with the mm-hmm. Maester plot. Which so I'm excited for it, and so I'm gonna give it a three and a half or four out of five, just because I really like yeah. the fact that they're supporting their own mechanic, their own their own design. Yeah, and I I mean, let me see here. I'm gonna look it up. A seven. All right, so we have Baylor Black Tide from Greyjoy, Begging mm-hmm. Brothers, um, Catelyn Stark. Oh yeah, that's right. You the Bow Free Free Rider, High Septon, House Tully Septon, Kingsman, uh, Poor Fellows, Scheming Septon, Septon Mordain, uh, Septa Nice uh, Nice Yeah. Uh, Septon Celador, Septon Maribald. Uh, Sir Davos, the new Sir Davos. Um, There's also the a, a brand new one coming out soon. It's like oh, the most devout. That's what I'm thinking of. That just came out in Pit of Snakes. Yeah, the most devout. Um, High Sparrow. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tithe Collector from Lannister. Warrior Son. So there's a bunch of cards yeah. that would be yeah. good here. So, what do you think the rating is? Yeah. Um, I mean. Not kneeling for the first challenge. I would say about three and a half. Okay. All right. So that's all we got today, folks. Thanks for listening. It's a longer one because it's a deluxe expansion review. Uh, so thanks for sticking with it. If you did, if you didn't, you can't hear what I'm saying anyway. So I can say anything about you and you wouldn't know. <laughs> but uh, like, comment, subscribe. Like, give us comments like you guys are doing. That's great. We love it. We love the interaction. So we crave it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, so thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you right, next thanks, time guys. See you. bye thank you for tuning in to Bearded Clansman of the Vale a Game of Thrones LCG podcast come back next time where we talk more about a Game of Thrones the card game